Okay, what's going on, people? This is like the Mommies podcast now. Um, I brought on the lovely Ashley. I brought you on before you gave birth, like a couple months or before, you know? I was I was six months pregnant at that point. Oh, okay. I thought you were further along, yeah. I was like, when was that? It feels like a different lifetime, but yeah, I want to bring her on and just talk about mommy stuff um, in general and just how chaotic mom life is and um, how not easy being a mom is. Obviously, people probably already know that, but just like, you know, a random topic like breastfeeding alone is, I was like, oh, this is going to be natural and, and, I, and I have no issues with it. And there's so many issues. Like I had low supply and just the whole flange size thing and i just whatever it's unbelievably not easy at all what are your thoughts yeah <laughs> uh nursing is a whole experience uh i feel like like i was kind of warned it wasn't gonna be easy just like my friend um told me like it could be difficult like she had challenges and uh like, I only have one friend who was like, everything was easy peasy, like, no problems. I just, like, it worked. And, um, mm -hmm. but it, it was incredibly challenging. Like, before, I want to say when I was six months pregnant, like, I was expressing colostrum and, like, that was no problem. And then in the hospital, the nurses were At like, six He's months? Yeah, six months. Like, wow. I didn't express colostrum. I had no Crazy. no issues at all. And then um, at the hospital, they were like, he's starving, the nurses. The lactation consultant was like, everything's going great. Everything looks fine. And the nurses were like getting really stressed out because I would keep him laying on me. And um, Blaze would just, my, Blaze, my husband, would just like uh, sit and watch so he didn't fall off of me while I was sleeping. And mm -hmm. um, the nurses didn't like that. And every time they they took the baby from me, he would just scream and scream mm -hmm. and then just want to yeah. be back on me or be, be latched. And the nurses were like, he's doing that because he's starving and he's not getting enough to eat. And, and he shouldn't, he, you, sh you should be able to just set him in the bassinet after he eats and he should stay asleep. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, he just wants to be on me. Like that seems pretty normal. Like just yeah like that instinct of like i kind of know what this is yeah yeah i'm like you know it would make sense that he would want to be on me because he was just inside me for nine months and then got cut out of me and now like he wants to stay on me that seems normal and they were like mm -hmm. he's starving so they loaded him up on formula and I hospitals was just, like, always do that by the way if you go to the hospital and give birth there like, I have yet to hear a story of them not pushing it on people. It's so crazy. I wonder what kind of, like, seminar or classes they get about formula. I don't know. It just seems, I, I've, of course, my conspiracy mind goes there. But I'm like, what is the deal, dude? Like, because especially with. Yeah. Yeah, because in the NICU it with. Crazy, uh, like... Sorry, there's a lag. My bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting lag. I think it's probably okay. just because, like, I'm on that little hot spot like oh no you're fine my, no worries my service here it happens don't worry about it um i mean they they just loaded him up and then of course he just like spit up everywhere and then like fell asleep and i mm -hmm. i was just horrified by everything going on and 
I was like, don't you think, like, they were, like, saying the reason he was getting sleepy while nursing was because he was so hungry. And I was like, well, don't you think it's because, like, I was just on all these drugs for my C-section and now I'm still on all these drugs and it's in the system? Like, because literally, if I take a Benadryl, like, I don't do it very often, but every once in a while I have a really bad and I'm out of my medication for my migraines, I'll just take Benadryl because that gets rid of my migraine. It helps with the swelling. I'll take a Benadryl and Tylenol. It makes me so sleepy. And then he sleeps like a rock when I take it. He sleeps Mm. all through the night. He probably only wakes up once or twice where on a normal night, he's up like six or seven times a night. So like, I know that the medication they have me on affects his ability to stay awake. Did you have an epidural? I don't remember. Yeah, I had the epidural. I think um, it's that. So I, I mean, have... it's probably other stuff as well, but yeah. I had the epidural and, uh, you know, my child was definitely, every time I tried to put him in the breast, he was just wanted to sleep, you know, in the NICU. So, of course, well, that makes him want to, well, they're like something about his sugar level. He couldn't be released from the NICU until his sugars were better. And apparently I wasn't producing enough colostrum for him to even consume for his sugars to be okay. So then they pushed a formula which I really hated because everything went to shit. And then it was just like another thing, like watching them put that crap in my baby's body was really rough to just watch that. Plus the lady was weird and I'm, it was just it's a like, bad experience. When you're like hormonal. Birth, oh yeah. Like, yeah. And everything already has gone. Like not so great. Yeah. Yours was better it's though. Like, you didn't have the NICU thing, was, but still yours was unplanned cesarean. Yeah. It was really hard. Like at the hospital, like, because I definitely like you. I didn't plan for a cesarean. Like I had planned, like let's just go out this naturally, and um, and then I just at that point, I guess I can backtrack and just go from the whole birth story. So I guess like a, a week before I went into my official labor, I started false labor, and that lasted the whole week, like up until I started labor. Like it was just contraction after contraction after contraction, but nothing was happening. And then I went in like around like 530 in the morning, I woke up and was like, this, this feels like it's the real deal. And I told my husband, like my husband went to leave for work. Blaze was like, I'm going to go to work. And then I called him like after I thought he had left. And I was like, you just need to, c- to come home. Like, this is like, we got to go to the hospital. And so he was like, I haven't even left the driveway. So he came back up and mm-hmm. then we were just getting the car ready and getting everything ready. And we left and went. I had to drop off my books at the library. I have a picture of me at the library in labor, returning my books so I wouldn't get a fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was like, I can't get a fine because I gave birth, so I had to go to the library. We, we get like, to the canceled our fines here anyway. Yeah. We're like, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, because I was like, I can't get fines for this. And then... Mm-hmm get to the hospital and they're basically just like your blood pressure is, is so high. And it was, it was, it was really high. And I was like, this stinks. Cause like my pregnancy was perfect. Like I had no issues. And like, I had just been to the doctor three days before and they're like, everything looks good to go. And, um, they were like, they checked me and I was like, not my, I wasn't effaced. Like my cervix wasn't mm-hmm. effaced yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I was only a centimeter dilated. And because my blood pressure was just so high, they we we went with induction. But we, it wasn't Pitocin. What they gave me, I'm trying to remember. I looked at what it was called the other day. And I have it written down somewhere. But it's like 
it's it helps like kickstart more contractions but it also mm-hmm. like helps get your cervix ripened mm-hmm. and um it's like it's like a vaginal suppository it was it and after they gave me that like because my contractions were already hurting like i was already mm-hmm. in pain and was like this this is this sucks but like i'll be okay but once they gave me that like an hour really? later i was like i was like this is really bad like this really really hurts and at that point blaze had left blaze left the hospital so i'm by myself blaze came back to the house because he had to take care of our farm because we have a trillion animals so he came <laughs> back to deal deal with that thinking like oh we have time it's going to be fine and mm-hmm. so most of my labor before the epidural, like I was just on my own writhing in pain. And the way I described it to Blaze was like when you watch like a movie about possession and their body like yes. gets all distorted. And they're like, Oh my like, gosh, yes. Like they're like stiff and distorted. Like that's what my body I was felt like, like clawing the pillow and like just that's what yeah that's what that's what i was talking about where i'm like i saw all those natural birth videos and not none of them all of them looked relaxed and even like first time mom so i was like what is wrong with me i don't know like you know i still don't know if it was the uh infected uterus or not uterus but a um placenta thing but something was up i was just like i i don't know anyway i still struggle with being like was i a wuss i don't think so i think it's something no my my body told me something was going on I'm, I'm, I'm sure your placenta had something to do with it. Like the body knows yeah. like, and, and these, like, I mean, like I said, it was really rough and I did that for hours and hours. And like I said, I what was, was the pill called or the suppository? It was a suppository. I'm just curious. Yeah, you have here. it right there. Hmm. I'm just Let curious me pull out this because I have it. I think I have it written down. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the funny way we write all these things down. <laughs> it's cervidil, I think is yeah. Huh. This is what it looks like. Sounds cervidil. kind of familiar. Huh. And um. Then did that make things that work was, with yeah, the uh, blood pressure or something? So that, so they gave me medication for the blood pressure, but the cervidil was supposed to just ripen my cervix so that we could get labor going because my blood pressure was so high. They wanted to try like my, my midwife, because I saw mid, midwives my whole pregnancy and they were like, we, we want to try and again, like keep this as natural, like as natural as you want it, like without having to, uh, you know, have a C-section and all of that. And I'd been in, like I said, like I was in the the false labor for a week and that was exhausting because it was like every 10 to 30 minutes I was having a contraction for a week straight and was like this. Yeah, I didn't have any of that, which is crazy. I know that's pretty common or maybe not common, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, it was rough. And then I tested positive for group B strep and like looking back now, like I wish I had researched more. Um, and just not taking the antibiotics because the chances of me being positive while I was in labor are slim to none. But they gave mm. me an antibiotic called vancomycin, and I'm allergic to like penicillin and amoxicillin and all of that. And they gave me they the only antibiotic they could give me was the vancomycin, so they gave that to me, and then I had an allergic reaction. Mm. So while I'm in labor, having these horrible contractions, I also like I'm stuck on my back because I have the high blood pressure. I'm a fall risk. I have to just lay in bed, and that hurt like. Even more because I'm just all laying risk? on my back. What now? There's a, when your what blood does that mean? What do you mean? High, 
So like if I get up, I'm considered a fall risk where I could just like pass out and fall on the ground. Oh, well, if that was the case, why wouldn't someone be ready to catch you or something? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, so I, you guess, I guess I get it. When I would call the nurse. It's like the hospital like, wants to do the least amount of work. They're like, just sit there, you know, hook you up to the IV. Don't move so we can do less work. I mean, I didn't yeah. know that I, was, oh, I, mean, not that I, I had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's kind of been positive. Okay. So they had me in like the crappiest room. And like every time I had to, I had to call somebody like a nurse, if I need to go to the bathroom and it would take them like 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm like, it's really hard to hold in pee when you're having contractions. Like, and I would have to wait for them and it would hurt. They didn't like, give you a catheter? Like, not at that point. Cause I wasn't on epidural yet. Oh, that's rough, dude. So I was catheter was the best thing ever. It. I was like, I don't have to move and just sit here. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. So I had the allergic reaction where I was just like itching everywhere. And like my hand was so swollen where the IV was that I couldn't even like squish, like trying to get in the camera. I couldn't do this. Like I could not move my hand or my wrist because mm -hmm. it was just all so swollen. Wow. And so then they had to stop the, that, like load me up on Benadryl. And then I was there by myself for, I can't even say how many hours it was. It was like six I'm probably not six, probably more like four hours. Like I was just on Always my own. More. It, mm -hmm. it was hard. And then when Blaze got there, I, I trooped through for probably another two hours. And then I was like, they, they gave me more of the Cervidil, a second dose. And after that, I was like, okay, I need drugs. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure. I need drugs. Like I was like, I need drugs. Like these like induction medications are no joke. Uh, my contractions were like 30 seconds apart, a minute apart, like, because when I got to the hospital, they were already two minutes apart, three minutes apart. And then it was just closer together and just like yeah. hours of like every 30 seconds, every minute, just like horrible pain. And then I got. Were you able to relax in between your contractions? Because for me, they were so strong that I was like, it wasn't relaxing. I was just exhausted. And I feel like I was maybe mentally ready for the or not ready for the next one that it would just felt as pain not as painful but just like i was like the the uh residue or remnants of the contraction were still so painful that even that in the off of the contraction was like painful does that make sense yeah i so like i remember like being able like i wouldn't really call it relaxing but it was where yeah. i was like I was like loosened for a second and it would only, like I said, 30 seconds to a minute. So it went by so fast where I'd be like, ah, and then immediately I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're like, well, I oh, thought it would be like, oh, I can breathe. And I was like, no, it's like once you finally get yeah. a, a breath, it starts back up. It's like, <laughs> this is like I, the worst uh, horror story. I'm always like, why do women always talk about the bad parts of pregnancy? Oh, can we talk about the positive? And here, here we are talking about, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it is what it is, man. Like, it is what it is. Like, I definitely, because before, like, before, when I was, when I was pregnant, I mean, I told my midwives, like, I'd like to try for natural, but, like, I'm, I'm prepared for whatever happens. Like, whatever happens is going to happen. You can't control my labor. I can't control my labor. So, like, and, like, one of my, my nurses was, like, you are the easiest labor patient I've ever had because you're just, like, not mad at us and you're not giving us a hard time because I was just, like, look, like, I can't control this. You can't control this. Like, this is your job. You're doing what you got to do. Like, we can't, we can't do anything about it. Like, except just deal with what's happening right now. And like, me getting mad is just going to make my life a living hell. So I'm not trying yeah, to do that. Better. And um, 
but they gave me the state all in my IV and for pain relief. And I just like fell asleep. Like I remember like trying to talk and not knowing what I was saying and looking at blaze and blaze was just like, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> and I was like yeah. slurring my words. I was a total mess. And then I remember I, I started waking up from that and I wasn't in pain and then it started to wear off. And I was like, my blood pressure was going up because it was just so painful that like my blood pressure couldn't handle deal with it. So I, um, I was like, you know what, I'll just go for the epidural and, um, Blaze had to like hold my body down because I was just contracting the whole entire time. And the Same, epidural felt up. weird. Like, I, I didn't feel it. I, they were like, whoa, here comes the needle. It might hurt. I don't know if you said it might hurt, but I was like, I don't care. Like, there's no way in heck that's going to be as painful as the contractions. I didn't feel yeah. it. It didn't hurt, it? but it just like yeah. felt weird. Like I could feel like the pressure of it, like, and it felt like there was like an air bubble in my back or something, like moving oh, up really? and down, like the pressure. I didn't feel it. It felt really huh. weird. I remember saying that, like, this feels really weird, and like I hate needles, so I was crying the whole time. Like my main, like, I mean, besides the fact that like I don't want all those drugs, and I really wanted to not do with all that, is like I hate needles. Yeah, so when I was young, I would be like, I'm never having an epidural because I hate needles. Like that's not happening. So I was you didn't see scared. it. Yeah, I was like horrified, and then after that, I was fine. They gave me more blood pressure medicine, and I was. Contraction after contraction, but then his heart rate started just like slowing down so much. And then they tried to, they gave me medication. They gave me three different shots, which were so uncomfortable. God. One in this arm, waited a little bit. What? One in the next arm, waited a What was it? To help out his heart rate? To try and slow my contractions down so that his heart could have some rest. Wow. And because my, my midwife was really determined. She was like... I know this stinks, but like, we're going to try this to see if it'll slow his heart rate down so that you don't have to have a C-section. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Like, yeah, let's yeah. go for it. And, um, she tried that and it just wasn't working. So the uh, OB came in and he was great. I really like him. Uh, I actually like after pregnancy or after birth had the option to see my midwives again. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to stick with the OB. I really liked him. Um, but he, so wait, in. uh, did, were you hooked up so you could hear his heart rate, uh, dip, which was also horrifying because the room is like dead silent. And then you hear that is like, yeah, it's not, it's, not fun it was, hearing that. It was crazy. Cause they had to I feel do like it adds to your fear. I don't know. I'm like, is that on purpose to like, I don't know. <laughs> My brain just obviously always goes there, but I'm like, is there something to that where that like so freaks you out? I don't know. My most disturbing souvenir that Blaze kept, um, that he pulled out of a trash can you know, super romantic. They had to do uh, an oh. internal fetal monitor. So here's my, this way, internal fetal monitor. This was oh. inside me right next to his head in my wow. uterus. Wow. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. Uh, Blaze surprised me with that. He's like, look what I got. And I'm like. To monitor his heart him? rate? Like, yep. To monitor him because oh. the. I'm trying to remember what it was. I would, again, I was really out. Because of the, I was at the, you know, I had the stomach strap thing, you know, I guess that most women. Yeah, have. I had the stomach strap. And really? But you, why'd you have both then? I don't get it. So I, they ended up taking that off and doing the internal one just because they, why? he was moving so much. They weren't really getting a good reading on oh. him. And okay. so they, they did the internal monitor. Interesting. I don't know. It was even yeah, a thing. My fun souvenir. Um, That's funny. Won't fit in the baby book quite well. Or maybe it, maybe it does. And then I want to, I know we went in, they decided we're, they were like, we're going to have, they, they were like, I'm so sorry. I think we should do C-section. I was like, I don't care. Like, I was like, I, I don't care. 
Like that was where I was like, let's just go. And, uh, you know, Blaze prayed over me and I was just like, I just want my baby to be okay. Like I just kept being like, I want my baby to be okay. Like, let's get to the, let's get to the OR. And, um, my anesthesiologist was awesome told me everything that was going on, like everything I was going to feel like, he was like, you're going to feel pressure, like, and this is what they're doing. And, and that was really nice. Um, that like really helped with my fear. Like, I honestly wish I watched, but I didn't, but blaze watched the whole thing. Um, and the nurses were like, you don't have to watch it. And he was like, no, that's fine. Um, I was like, this is, you know, with being living how we do like we butcher animals all the time yeah like, no i know That's, i totally yeah. get it yep. but like seeing guts is like just another friday for us <laughs> <laughs> hashtag like, farm life yep yeah like not a, just like the norm so he watched and then yeah i remember hearing him crying and then i was just like oh i was crying too i was like my baby and i was so happy i saw him for like a split second because they thought he was gonna have to go to nicu um and then he, he ended up not having to based off of fall. what um just like because his heart rate was dipping and they didn't know if there was going to be issues with him okay. um, and then he did end up swallowing meconium but he was fine and they you know yeah, our stories are slightly time. similar hmm. i'm like yeah. how common is that it's, that seems common too but then again i don't know yeah and then i it was an hour before i got to hold him and that was like i'm gonna say like really straight like at the time, it wasn't, like, super stressful. I was really out of it and really tired. I remember just telling Blaze, like, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. And he was, like, just rest. Like, just nap right now. And, you know, I tried, but I couldn't because I was just, like, so, oh, hey, buddy. Um, like, I want to jump on the green screen. And I was I was just, like, so, um, I don't know. Like, it's, like, adrenaline hit, but I was also on drugs and out of it. Um, did you have the shakes that was crazy i had that for like what felt like forever i had the shakes when i was in labor uh like when i was in labor and they gave me that epidural and i got really cold uh okay yeah mine i think they said it was from adrenaline afterwards but it was it was nuts and then i remember uh when i did get to hold him and i i nursed him and i i have pictures of that and then we went back to the room that they were going to have me in. And because I had COVID, they had me in like the worst room ever. I didn't even know I had COVID until I was at the hospital. And that was like really crappy. Um, Cause I guess got like literally like, so my did they have to test you? Before. Just to like. Yeah. And I told Blaze next baby, like I will refuse a COVID test. They're not COVID testing me. I'm not doing that again. Um, like they. Wait can't. a minute. So like if you're going to labor at that hospital, they test like everyone. They test everybody. And then they put me in the crappiest room. Oh, like, no, which to that's me crazy. Because I was like, why do I have to move rooms? Like, you're you're going to have sucks. to sterilize this room anyway, because I was already in here. So, like, why do I have to, like, the labor and delivery room I was originally in was so nice. Like, the walls were a deep purple. It was a big, spacious room. It was really relaxing. <laughs> and then the room they put me in because I had COVID was just, like, this small room that was like really cluttered and you felt like you were trapped and it was just bright white and like that like typical like what you would think Mm. of like a crap hospital emergency room like that's what my room was and it was horrible like that really made me I didn't like that but then I had to stay on a magnesium drip for 24 hours after my after I had him 
Um, my nurse took me off at hour 23 because she had had a magnesium drip before and she knew how awful it was, but it literally just makes you feel like you have a fever. Like I, Blaze said the room was freezing and I was dripping in sweat. Like I was so I don't, hot. What, I don't think I had that. Or right, let's talk no, about the, uh, my blood pressure. it was because my blood pressure. Jump? So after I had him, I was, I still had the catheter for 24 hours and I couldn't leave bed. So Oof. I had to just stay in bed I don't know how long for I 24 hours feeling like I had a I fever and sorry I want to like jump to the uh uh different topic I mean I, I mean obviously it's important to tell a birth story but I'm like there's a million things I want to talk about like how did your cesarean yeah. healing go because that was not fun for me maybe I'm a wuss though I don't know maybe because so I'm old I don't know mine was honestly like so the first three days at the hospital sucked um when i got home i want to say it was probably about a week of like needing help with things like it was like it like i was able to do the stairs fine i was able to like within a less than a week i went on a walk with blaze i just walked really slow um but i was i was getting around fine the only time i needed help was like putting on my pants and um like socks and shoes and then uh like getting out of bed was really difficult blaze had to help me get out of bed oh yeah for sure but did you have issues walking after the epidural i know that people don't have issues me either and then i uh like after that first week everything was fine and i honestly want to say that i was probably like back to 85 percent after like three weeks wow Um, man not me i feel like mine was just incredibly slow also the healing as if i think well i'll upload that later but yeah the healing was open on i think i don't know it opened on one side at least because it's so weird looking at your body after the cesarean my stomach like was lopsided so of course there's that area that's overhanging oh my god cat yeah it's like it's definitely weird like I don't like the way my stomach looks. I like just have a skin flap now and I cannot stand it. Um, but I'm like, this is just what it is, I guess. Yep. Um, Which I had no idea that was a thing until you get it. And they're like, Oh yeah, you're going to have that like forever. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I feel like healing wise, like, I don't think that my situation is super common, like to just be like up and about and doing everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're like, I, I took, you said you took your strips off after like a week or something. Yeah, my doctor. Crazy. How? Really? Yeah, the doctor was like, "They're peeling off already. They can come off." And I was like, "Oh man, not mine." uh, Well, my my midwife thought that they put stuff on it to make it stick even stronger because mine weren't like on for like at least a month or something. Then I started to peel them off, and my healing, like like I said, like it went really, really well. I think a lot of it was like. Like, the fact that I was up and moving around, I think that was mostly just pure determination. Because Blaze was only home yeah. a week with me before he had to go back to work, and I wasn't going to have any help. Like, it was just going to be me, and I was like, I have to do this. Like, when I was in the hospital, Blaze had to go, like, had to leave and come back here and take care of animals every day that I was at the hospital. So, I would be alone with him, or with the baby by myself, and I, you know, if he was crying in the bassinet, I wasn't going to wait for a nurse, so I just yeah. would make myself get out of bed, for sure. make myself lift Especially him up. hearing that? Oof. And I was like, you have to do this, like, and I remember telling myself that, like, because it hurt, and I remember saying to myself, like, you have to get up and you have to do this, like, no one's here to help you and you have to do it. Exactly. So I just made myself do it, and I, I just went through with it and uh it was 
it was hard. Um, I mean, it's still hard. Like I, I'm doing, you know, Blaze is working right now. Like I, I'm by myself uh, doing all this all the time. And uh, it's, it's definitely challenging, especially now that he's mobile, like everything, oh, like sure. into everything. And it's just insane, like the things that he can climb and the things that he can do. And I blame the cats because all my friends, wow, like he started climbing things like really early. And I'm like, well, he has four cats in the house that jump and climb on everything. And he wants, yeah, to so they watch him do that. So he that's funny. Never thought about that. Yeah. He watches them do that and he follows Nova, his favorite cat, Nova. He likes to try and climb to her favorite spot in the window and like. He wants to be up there doing what she's doing and you know he her and him are always trying to climb up the stairs together and they're just a little little duo they're just into everything mm -hmm. uh, but all right so how do we feel know, about uh stay at home moms versus moms in the workforce which i think is just insane how many women are like oh i have to go back to work because we're both in like mommy facebook groups but by the way it's really beneficial because yeah. i was all like i don't like facebook but I think that the so, groups, especially if you're having issues with lactating or breastfeeding, yeah, so the groups are so helpful. Are like a, they're like literally mm -hmm. the most horrifying thing you could ever be in, but also the most helpful. But also <gasps> I haven't had that experience yet. I know what you're talking about though. I know mommies, there's mommy groups and blogs and whatnot can be crazy, but I, I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Although I got booted out of one of them when, for saying correcting someone about uh, the, what was it? The I corrected someone over saying. Pregnant people, and I said yeah, women. And just, like, yeah, you and I got booted for that. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I got I left a group in a pregnancy group uh, when I was when I was pregnant because there was a mom talking about how she didn't want to go back to work and she was like, I think I'm just I want to stay home. And I said, you know, that's I commented and was like, that's what my husband and I decided to do because we didn't want someone else raising our kid. And oh I God. got dogpiled like dogpiled by like how oh, dare you have an opinion going on that you know daycare Nicholas. isn't somebody else raising your kid you're still raising your kid and i'm like yeah but somebody oh, else I is mean, raising them that's for debatable like, dude six yeah. to 12 hours a day and guess what like you don't know what their influence is you don't know what they believe you don't know like blaze is you know as you know a plumber like he's worked at daycares he told me he was working at a daycare and he heard a, a woman yelling and he thought it was her yelling at another employee and was mad at her coworker, and he turns the corner, and this lady is yelling at a two-year-old. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Plus, my uh, someone I know has a child that goes to daycare, and that kid is like always sick. Which I mean, I'm not like it is what it is. I, I, one part of me is like, gosh, I wish mothers could stay at home and be with their children. But then again, it's like it is true because I told my neighbor, that, another neighbor, that, and she's like, well, you know, we can't really afford um, to have the house we have or the lifestyle we have um and not put them in you know she can't afford to be a stay-at-home mom which i get it because like it's see so that's where really i'm affordable. going to come in and i'm going to be yeah. the bad guy here they can't afford it they choose not to afford it yeah yeah they choose not to afford it because they like their lifestyle and that's great but their children are going to be deeply hurt by that and um or they won't even know any better like i grew up with a without a you know dad i went how many years not realizing that it really affected me because i thought it was just the norm you know what i mean like yeah. it'll probably manifest no, it, itself later maybe it manifests itself hopefully in not behavioral issues you know and, yeah and all sorts of things because not only are your kids being influenced by the teachers they're being influenced by other students and you don't know how those kids are being raised so you send your off, kid right. off to daycare 
and the other kid in class has a dad at home that beats his mom. And then next thing you know, your kid's getting hit and assaulted by another kid at school mm. because you, I mean, and like, I mean, I had an old friend whose kids got kicked out of daycare for just hitting the other children all the time. Um, and it was, you know, bad home life. And that was just the situation. Oh, here, I have a question. Cause you probably know better than I do, but there's that argument of uh, or not argument, but, uh, how do you socialize children that are like homeschooled? You know, people are always so, worried about, oh, they're not going to get enough socialization with other children and whatnot. Um, I do know lo locally they have the, um, it's not homeschooling, but it's co-op. Co yeah. yeah. Where okay, people basically so do the homeschool thing as a group in someone's home, I think. Yeah. Like once so a week. So here's my over. argument on socialization. Children, is, okay, so in the first five years, they don't need socialization. They don't need socialization. They need stability. And they need mm -hmm. that bond with their mother because they're not going to be able to handle the real world unless they have that stability. Like with, with mm. my son, people always told me you're holding him too much. You're coddling him too much. And I was like, well, he knows I'm always here. And, and now that he's, he's bigger. What science is that by the way? Huh? Where did that come? Where did that science come from that you're, yeah. you know, coddling him or what? Say, where's the studies? So many of your sources. Yeah, right. And I was like, you know, I'm giving him stability so that when he does want to be independent, he knows I'm always going to be there and that he can, you know, I can go in the other room and he knows I'm going to come back. He doesn't think I'm just going to leave him uh, and let him Abandoned. scream. You know, I don't let him just scream and cry. Like so many people are like, just let him cry. It's okay to let him cry. And I'm like, by the way, I think that's an old myth thing. I remember I told you that because I didn't know. I thought that was literally a thing that you're I don't know when they taught that maybe, or when they stopped teaching that or I, not even, they haven't stopped it. Some people still believe in that, you know, let yeah. them cry it out thing, which a lot of people nowadays are, do not agree with that. It doesn't even make sense yeah. like parental and like maternal and in yeah. general, like letting your child cry. What is that going to solve? You think that child at that age is going to be able to be like, Oh, like, I'm crying. It's fine. I, I can just go to bed or whatever. I think I'm like, that kid has way, that realization? Like, when I'm crying and sad, I don't want, blaze to just leave me alone to cry and be sad i want him yeah, to no. comfort me so yeah. and you're an adult a baby with literally no <laughs> ability to self-soothe and be like have fun crying like that sounds like that sounds traumatic so is self-soothing a thing at all because for some reason the bright course classes that i do through agape which by the way they have a lot of bad advice in their videos which i think you took the same videos yeah. i'm not sure if the same ones but one of them was so, like Self-soothing is a thing at age four months. And I was like, is it though? Self-soothing at all? Is that even no, real? I, I don't know. Personally, I don't, I personally don't think so. So I think like to an extent, like where, like, you know, he falls and he bonks his head. He's not hurt. He's scared. And sometimes I don't have to pick him up. I can just be like, look at this toy. It's so fun. And I'm just like, everything's okay. Like in a happy voice. And I'm like, wow, look at this. And then like, he's, you know, I'm soothing him, but without having to pick him up and just kind of showing him like, look, like when you fall and hit your head, you're, if you're not hurt, look at this cool toy, like right. just yeah. keep moving forward and like teaching him that he can self-soothe at some point. But I don't think that they have the ability to just independently, they have the yeah. ability to cry until they give up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was, there really is no one's coming to, uh, help them out which yeah sounds horrible oh okay back to socialization because i totally forgot to finish my point so like kids at that young age they don't need that socialization and so i try to like 
I guess, example, how we did you went to public school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how many people do you know that we went to public school that came out as well functioning adults that were able to handle social settings? Or did you meet a bunch of alcoholics and drug addicts and kids that were a total mess and like couldn't handle the grind of life? Yeah, definitely the latter. I mean, there's probably some normal, like I define normal though, but I don't know. Yeah. At the there same time, I'm like, that can handle it, yeah. The one benefit of public school, I guess, is like, in your peer group. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was going like, to say the one benefit of <laughs> this lag is killing me. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm okay. I start uh, talking but, like, anyway. Yeah, like only socializing within your peer group age to me, like I want I want my son to be able to socialize with small children, with children his age, with children older than him, with adults. Like I don't want him to just be able to, you know, when he's five, be able to socialize with five-year-olds because then he's going to be six, only socialize with six-year-olds and so on and so on until he's out of high school. And then what, like, I want him, you know, to be able to talk to and handle anything. Like when I go to the library, he'll, you know, homeschooling, we're going to go to the library. He'll be able to talk to the librarians and get socialization with adults, with other kids' age. Like there's so many different events going on in most people's hometowns, yeah. even small towns. Again, like look at your library. Like my library has so much stuff going on on the schedule all the time. Like kids events, you know, I'm so skeptical events, about like the library stuff. events. I'm like, where's the drag queen crap? I'm, I'm just like, what does this yeah. event mean? So definitely mine doesn't have that. Like I am in like rural Georgia where like, you know, have you looked up those disgusting it's, books? Because well, again, I'm in the Austin area, so you none really. Have you looked them up? See if they're there in the library. I haven't. I want to next time I'm over at the library, but um, I don't see I them being there. Like I haven't. I found out. I was like, oh. but yeah, I feel like kids can get socialization through playing with siblings, again through playing with grandparents, through playing with friends that they meet at the park through friends mm -hmm. you meet that also homeschool. Like I know one of my yeah. friends that homeschools, uh, her kid plays sports through, a, through one of the private Christian schools here. And like she homeschools, but he does a sport through, through that. Um, like there's a lot of ways for your kid to socialize that doesn't include sending them to be on their own for, you know, eight, 12 hours a day being, you know, spiritual warfare is a thing. They're being raised by people who don't sure. believe in God, who nope. don't share your morals. And frankly, they pay, take up more from their peers than they do their teachers most of the times. And my friends and I were idiots at 15. We had stupid ideas. Um, most people, you know, yeah. And it's... You know, kids that age don't have, like, the same discernment skills. Like, I can discern things now that I couldn't when I was 10, that I couldn't when I was 15. Um, and I think it's, it's Bodie Bauckham who said, you know, that your, your kids are your mission field. Like, your children are not missionaries because so many Christians believe, like, oh, they're in public school and they'll, like, bring people to Jesus. Oh, yeah. But, like, uh -huh. you're 14, you're 13-year-old, they, they aren't missionaries. Like, they are not... It takes a lot of bravery too. Like, yeah. It's like they can't handle that spiritual warfare. Like, they're not, 
they're they're kids yeah and, there are people that would uh, probably uh, recognize that yeah yeah and like when you send your kid off to a school where they're teaching them you know gender identity on all this stuff like i think of all this stuff you know, I grew up where I did go to church and a lot of my friends went to church and like, I can't count on my hands how many of them are Christians. We all went to public school and we were all taught completely different set of values are, you know, and yeah, no talk so about God and a lot like, of stuff that's care. conflicting with uh, Christianity, like mega, like, uh, I don't know, just a lot. No talk about God. I think the yeah. whole how long the earth has been around and the dinosaur, I don't know, something like that. Just stuff that is not the same. Oh, evolution and that we came from primates yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, mm, it's, it's confusing. Yeah. Cause you're, I don't, I didn't have a chance to, you know, my parents didn't know that they were, I was being taught that, uh, in that particular day. So I, I'm not going home and them being like, it's just, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, wait, but I was raised with this, these foundational values, Christianity, and you're in school and I, at the time, I didn't even question it. I was like, oh, this is the truth because school is the truth. Um, yeah, so then, like, like I guess that implants right there, like, don't subtle doubt. Trust, you know, don't Kinda, trust yeah, that too. Your parents yeah. aren't smart. Your parents don't, aren't as educated. Your parents don't know the answers. Trust the schools. Trust your teachers. And, I mean, again, now there's teachers who will lie to the parents. Um, keep you know, and keep parents. Teachers. Yeah, horrifying. And, there are predators out there. Every single school that I went to, all the public schools I went to, I, know, I don't know about privates. I'm sure there are plenty of pedophiles at private schools. Uh, you know, my friend yeah, is everywhere, that, by the every, way. Yeah. Yeah. Every school I went to, there was a pedophile teacher that got arrested and then other ones who just. Dude, our principal like, was like macking on young girls, giving them jewelry and weird shit. Like, yeah, our principal. Yeah. Like, it's, it's amazing how how many predators there are out there like it's like it's my of job of course there would be though in schools and like the santa claus people by the way which is disgusting why would you ever let your kid sit on some random stranger's lap or actually force your kid to do that i'm like are you kidding me you're just gonna assume that every santa is like innocent you gotta be kidding me it's like of course those positions that are surrounding with kids is like a prime spot for pedophiles to be like i'm gonna be hired there because that's i'm gonna be around kids all day like clowns i don't know you name it yeah. i guess it's not like a paranoid mom it's but like, like I, I feel and then like, photos of kids crying in the Santa photo. I'm like, yeah, who is this photo actually for? Except for the parent to be like, look at my children. Look at all these years I saw that my kid saw Santa. Isn't this cute? Look at the year the the kid was crying with on the stranger's lap. I'm like, are you insane? Are you? How are you yeah, so dull? Like, how, how can you not see what's going on right in front of your face? Like, oh, this kid is not. That's really uncomfortable. Let's not do this. It's just who are you? Like what? I just I don't know. That thing really pisses me off about the Santa thing. I'm like, it's obviously for the parents of like, parents I have this cute photo to so send people for Christmas. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like moms have been like, in my opinion, like women have just been so manipulated by society, and I feel like men have been so pacified to submit to their wife. Mm -hmm. For sure, all the liberal and, stuff. It's always like white women being you know, like, yeah, it's progressive. Ridiculous. And, you know, not stepping on their wives' toes because mm, happy wife, happy life, you know. <laughs> yeah. so if the mom is, if a mom in the household is miserable, everyone knows it. You know, yeah. the husband knows it, the children know it, it affects everybody in the house. Um, and if, you know, if, a, if you're married to a good man who loves you, like, 
they will do anything. Like Blaze would literally do anything if I told him it would make me happy. Like if I was like, I want this crazy thing. And like, I begged for, like a goose, my goose. This is a small example. My, my goose that got yeah. eaten by that stupid bobcat. Like, <laughs> sorry, it's not funny. It's terrible. I know. No, it's, it makes everything. I'm so used to things dying that it's all just a big oh, joke. Terrible. Um, oh no. Predators are everywhere. And yep. it's just day or night. There's always something trying to kill somebody here or my animals are trying to kill each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> But like I begged for a goose and he told me like hard no, like you're not getting a goose. Don't ask me again. Like stop asking me for a goose because you're not getting one and I'm tired of you asking. And I was like, okay. And I stopped asking. And then like he really knew I wanted a goose. So for Christmas, he bought me a goose. Like, Aww. you know, he works all these crazy hours. So we have a roof over our head. Like the sacrifices he makes for our family, like men will sacrifice. Um, a lot to take care of things and I feel like there's a big stress in that that people don't talk about they think men just have it really easy but um you know he sacrifices a lot for us and I feel like a lot of men will will submit if it just makes the wife happy which is why we see like all these moms taking their kids to drinking shows because I'm looking, it's just a bunch of women. Or they're single their mothers, yeah. Holding their babies. And all I'm thinking is, where the heck are these kids' fathers? Because exactly, yep. If I looked at Blaze and was like, I'm going to take the baby to a drag show, he would be like, No, to a show where men are like 95% naked and everything about drag is so unbelievably sexual. And the denial that it's not sexual is such yeah. a joke, man. It's yeah, such a he, joke. I mean, would, God Almighty. Blaze would put his foot down and he would never allow me to do that. Like, that wouldn't spread be eagle, allowed. butt out, like crotch in the kids' faces. And it's all, notice it's the moms being like, Aah! It's like, Sure, the moms could do that, but why in the hell are you subjecting your children to this? I, I don't understand. Like, it's so sickening. It's obviously for the you know what it is. It's a whole progressive. No, like, drag like, is really sexual. I have a friend whose brother does. And drag. it's, I think, an act of rebellion. Like, look at me. I'm I'm yeah. rebelling against the right wing Christian loser Trumpers. Like, yeah. you know, I think that they know now that it's like a, a uh, thing that upsets right wingers or Christians. Of course, they'll be mob maybe more inclined to want to go do it and go. Ooh, I'm doing something bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's really Deep like, thrills. I mean, in drag, like you said, like, Generate. there are really sexual shows. Like, you've seen the videos. I've been to a drag show. My friend's brother does drag. We went to one of the shows. And it is. It's just all sexual. Like Yeah, it's, well, mostly gay men. Day. When gay men, all they want to do is mm, each other. Like, that's their main objective in life is sex, 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 sex. Right. That's it. Like, even the, in is, California, the... The uh, news anchor was a homosexual man, and it was like they showed this like short news clip about a guy, and it panned back to the news anchor guy, and he was like, mm, like commenting on like how yummy that guy was. I was like, ew, I want to watch the news, not you. You be like just getting a boner with this random guy. I was just like, the, what the? I don't know. You know, I used to be an NPC. Is not gonna lie. <laughs> Good morning, America, San Francisco. Um, dear God. Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. When I um, when we went up to uh, New we went to we went to New Jersey for a family funeral. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I could literally never go back to the north again. And I would be happy. I love being in the south. I like I'm a southern girl and I like it. I don't like the north. It was terrible. Uh, so many gun restrictions. I was like, I can't even bring my gun to New York City. And like, that's oh, where yeah. I want to bring my gun. Like, 
fun to be in the city. That's we the one the place city. that you do need to go in 100%. Yeah. yeah. You guys don't care about your gun laws. Random, this random guy, and feel free if you need to to edit this out because it's some people might not like what I'm about to say. But what you mean it's truthful? Said something, said something to us about how we, you know, probably weren't exposed. He was a black guy. He was with his little Mexican friend. They were making tons of racist jokes to each other. It was quite funny. But he said something. Yeah, probably never seen. Racist jokes are usually funny, dude. I said I'm from Atlanta. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, the one thing I know about Atlanta, like, is you know, there's a lot of gays there. And I think I there like, is. Well, yeah. Are, like, what is that area in like, Atlanta? It's capital of United States. Like, the AIDS, like, <laughs> is it really? Is it really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I do remember there being a gay area, but I wasn't into like, I mean, so, I, I don't know. So I don't my that. friend, my friend. How's that possible? Because California is like, San Diego's got a big gay community. So, so does SF. What am I talking about? It's, what, what did I say? Oh, uh, game. There's a big, there, uh, yeah. AIDS capital of the world. No way. There, says, that's crazy. World, I never heard United that. States, like, oh, okay. United States, like Atlanta is the AIDS Ow. capital. Like it is just Lovely. like. Why am I editing that out? I, what's controversial about that? That. Uh, yeah, Isn't that funny how like we're that. still like, oh no, should I not? I'm like, dude, you're fine. Like, yeah, why like, is that? Um, but no, realized, there's absolutely like, nothing wrong with that. We're like, don't stereotype that. Gay people have AIDS, but then I'm like, how come every time people I don't want to hear the truth? No, nah, dude. Like, exactly. Monkeypox. Yeah. Commercial HIV is all men. All men don't fall. For, I know what you're talking men. about. Don't. I know. Don't fall for that thing where people will call you a name or be like, you don't want to be this or blah blah blah, homophobe, blah blah blah. I'm like, like what? You're speaking truth? Like, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm maybe I am, but I don't care. I know. Like, <laughs> I was about to say that earlier. I'm like. I don't agree with your your degenerate, disgusting sex life that all you it's just it's like by the way, a lot of people don't talk about this, but homosexual men, a lot of them are uh boy little boy touchers. Yeah. Like that's also why they also yeah, it's like a circle like, of life where they touch that little boy and that little becomes that little boy becomes gay. Of course people don't want to be like, oh no, but people are yeah. you know born homosexual. I'm like, hard no, dude. That's a freaking lie. It's like that's a massive cope. No, people are not born homosexual. So I was reading probably last year, and it was like a study from the 70s that said homo like they did research on homosexuality. You're not allowed to do that anymore because it's like controversial and they want to say people are born gay. Um, but it's you know, absent father, domineering mother. Um mm, yeah. Which also one of the causes of homosexuality where they like have this like Probably with the transgenderism too. I don't know though. I don't know. That's perplexing. There's a lot of reasons with that one. Cross dressing. I think that's a big thing with cross dressing is like absent father, domineering mother, poor male role model, and a mom that is just like intense. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's you know women. They want to emulate the mother. Weird. Yeah, you know women can't teach men how to be men. Um, No. Dude, That's it's happening just- with my mother and my sister's son. I've seen him become quite effeminate. Like they're watching a movie where a kid, or like I mean, a dog gets into a fight, or someone shot a dog. And it's funny because he watches movies with my uh, mom a lot, I guess. But the, my mom was like, "Oh no!" And he went like, Aah! "Like a little boy." I mean, he's not even little; he's in middle school. And I'm like, "Dude, it's it's just." I don't know. Maybe that's nothing to some people, but I can just see this like feminine energy being implanted into the little boy and not a good way and not like yeah, so, sensitive. it's very like 
like wuss, sissy. Not good. Yeah, oh, so by the way, he's fatherless, so. From, like, single mothers or households where, like, the father is just not around and, like, not there to be an influence. Like, no father at all. They're more likely to either to be feminine and to be, like, abusive and to just to be criminals and to be also absent fathers themselves. And, yeah. um, you know, they're... Not good men. They're not good men, you know, they're, and it's, you know, I'm not saying all mothers who are single mothers are about to raise some really crappy men, but you need to make sure that there is a positive male role model in your kid's life. Yes. Um, you know, whether it's a grandfather, an uncle, like. Martial arts or something. I don't know if that's proven to help, but I would sure. think it would be to have that like a uh, uh, instructor telling them, you know, um, what is the word? Uh, reprimanding them and whatnot, like, you know, putting them in line. Yeah. Need that. You know, and I, I feel like this society we're in today has just touted that women can do it all, and like nobody can do it all. Like, no way, man. God made it so men and women need each other. Like, yes, you know, I am home with the baby, and Blaze gets to do all the things that he needs to do to take care of us. Like, if I wasn't home with with him, we would be spending more money on childcare, more money on so many things. And if I wasn't around, if, if I just up and left, Blaze would have to spend money on childcare. When he got home from work, he wouldn't be able to go work on a turkey coop in a turkey pen. He would have to stay in and take care of the baby and do all of that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get to go and build up our farm. Like it would be hard. Um, and same, like I wouldn't get to stay home and take care of our baby and he would be off at some daycare with some stranger. And, exactly. and that would suck. Like, I would not like that. Um, you know, that's the worst part. Uh, you know, uh, just, society is very anti-man. It's just, you know. Especially nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's or the like, woman is the man now. The woman's the domineering. Like, I can do it all. I can make my own money. Boss, yeah. boss mom or whatever. Um, I'm like, why don't you just be a mom? And, you know, I don't know. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Even she even uh, I was gonna say failed at, you know, properly. She raised six children, and I'm like, my dad really wasn't there for the kids. So I'm like, can you? I, I kind of don't blame her because not even really having a father around. To like, I don't remember him helping out. Like, I don't know. I, I know he cooked the meals, and obviously he helped us out with the money, like raising us with having a household and whatnot. But I don't know. Something was lacking, clearly. There was definitely toxic stuff. Which, by the way, having a child made me realize, like, what my family dynamic... I don't know what it is. I had this whole clarity about, like, my family. and my. I, I looked at my mom in a really different way, in a not a good way, of, like, how toxic she was. It was really crazy and not great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh. It just, a lot of stuff made sense in not a good way. I, I feel like for us, like, being parents really made us a want to change a lot of our bad habits or habits that three years ago we wouldn't have considered bad habits where we were like we can't do that anymore and then i i definitely think it's made like i don't know i can't speak for blaze but i can speak for myself where i've looked at like our families and been like how did they not have this realization <laughs> like how did they have us and not think like hmm, maybe this is something i shouldn't do anymore um and like change their habits um and... Peace with the invention of the internet and be able to be 
like just the fact that you're in, wearing uh, these mommy groups on Facebook, you're, you're able to hear a lot more stories than you ever would without the internet, which I, I yeah. guess can be good and bad. Like all the knowledge about uh, even breastfeeding can be too much information because it's like one person says this, one person says this, you know, um, yeah. too much information can be not great too. Yeah, it definitely has its pros and its cons. Um, but some of the stuff is just like common sense things like, you know, don't smoke weed around a baby in the house. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. It seems common sense to me. But yeah. Like, some people, some people are selfish, man. Especially if it's not your own child. You don't have that like, <gasps> don't do that. Or that, you know, really raw yeah. connection thing. So of course they would be like, they don't have that understanding. Even when like, uh, my mother-in-law was here and she was like, Oh, baby needs nap. And I'm like, baby needs food. Like she thinks it's that versus I have that oh, yeah. more like, actual thing. When the baby was really small, we were over at our in-laws. I mean, he had to have been a month old. It was for father's day. And he was like, I had never seen him like this. Like he's got a very even temperament, like very calm. Like everybody all the time was like, wow, he's so calm. Like, I've never seen a baby so calm. And I'm like, this is just his I temperament. That too, yeah. That's just his main temperament is he's just pretty relaxed kid. And he was just, I mean, didn't want to eat, didn't want to nap, just wailing, just like wailing and wailing and wailing. And I was like, I, I don't know what's wrong with him. Like, I don't think he wants to be here. Like, and they were, you know, everybody's like, he's just not used to going places and being out of the house. And I'm like, no, like we take him to the store. Like, Three days after he was born, we were at the store. Like, he goes to the store. He goes to the pregnancy center with us. He goes to church with us. Like, he goes everywhere. He's been so many places and been around so many people. Like, I think that he doesn't like this house. He doesn't want to be here. And Energy, you know, yeah. they were trying to come up with all these reasons. They're like, maybe it's the diaper rash. And I'm like, but he had the diaper rash two hours ago and he wasn't screaming. Um, mm -hmm. Like, he didn't want to be there. And then when we got home, he was... And that happened a few times at my, my in-laws where like he would just scream and scream and we would have to leave and he wouldn't be okay oh. until like he was like, there was one time we were spending the night there before we went up to the funeral up in New Jersey and us kids were spending the night there because we were all driving together. And that night I was looked at Blaze and we had been there like an hour and a half and I was like, I need you to take me to my mom's because he needs to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep if we're leaving at five in the morning and it's already midnight, like, and he's not going to go to sleep. He's just doesn't want to be here. And then when we got to my mom's, he was fine. Wow. Like Crazy. he just didn't want to, he didn't want to be there. And like, mm -hmm. now he's okay there. And he you know, plays with his toys and he has fun. But like when he was really small, like, I don't know what it was about their house. But he didn't want to be there. And everybody kept coming, trying to be like, Oh, it's this. Oh, it's this. Oh, this is the problem. And I was like, they're like, oh, this is just normal baby behavior. And I'm like, not my baby. Like, this isn't his normal behavior. I live with him every day. I'm with him 24 hours a day. Like, this isn't his normal behavior. He doesn't want to be here. And, like, hmm. people didn't seem to get that. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, you're going to get a million opinions as a mom. And for the most part, totally. I just kind of nod yep. my head. I just am like, okay. Like, and I just say, okay, and move on because yeah, I don't. Everyone's like, so different, I, just so different. Everyone does things differently. So I kind of just take everything with a grain of salt. Like, and, you know, the only time, you know, I really say anything is, is usually with our parents just because 
it's not everything. Like a lot of stuff I just say, okay, and I move on. But some stuff it's like, no, don't do that with him. Like, just because you think that's what you should do with him. Like, no, don't do that. Like, you know, he's fine. He's fine. Like with clothes, like they just want to put clothes on him so bad. Like, and I'm like, mm. he's fine. It's 70 degrees in the house. Like he's not freezing. Yeah. Oh he's yeah. Playing with toys. I'm like, if he was miserable and freezing, he wouldn't be sitting he, he would, on the You floor. would know. He'd be crying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. he'll let me know. And like, they're like, you're not putting shoes on him. And like, he's crawling around in the yard. And I'm like, why would I put shoes on him? Like I'm barefoot yeah. all the time outside. Like, I think moms have some sort of, obviously there's that bond, but there's this thing I heard about the other day, which is crazy. It's called fetal mito something chimerism. I have to look it up again, like what that's called, but it's where like molecules are literal. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm bad at explaining science crap. Sciencey stuff happens where molecules or atoms, whatever, transfer from the baby to the mother and that reside in the mother's body for like over 20 years. Um, and same with the baby, obviously, where like, you know, the comparison is like, not comparison, but it's basically, um, you know, a piece of your baby is like inside of you for quite a long time, which, you know, I think there's definitely something to that. Having that connection is so crazy. Like, I've never been like a maternal, like, ooh, I, I love babies, any of that, but then get pregnant and have a baby and it's like full force. So then the hormones, yeah, it's just insane. Insane. No one talks about that. The hormones that you get... It's fine. The hormones that you feel after birth yeah, are hormones? insane. Like I was are like, uh, it was just bananas. Like they're great because I had intense moments of like love and affection and um, like praying over my child in the NICU, which was like really powerful. But then it was also moments of like bawling, crying because husband had to leave the hospital and I'd be alone. And I was like, oh, my mom's not going to be, even if my mom did come to the hospital, it would not have been the same replacement as like Yuri because Yuri was like my rock the entire time. So I had this whole mental breakdown by myself with Yuri on the phone. And then he started crying and I was like, oh, and this lady walked in with a box of tissues and was like, like terrified looking, like here's some tissues. Like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I just realized that. Like, I don't even know what I was saying, but I realized that if my mom came, or I, something about abandonment, abandonment issues, whatever. And she just kind of like put the tissues down and then left. It's just, it's everything feels so detrimental and like end of the worldy, like really truly. Yeah. So I was like, holy crap, I fully understand uh, postpartum depression, especially in my case. There was so much stuff like was not happening even as simple as like bringing him to my breast and he's like wailing crying that happened like i don't know a week and a half ago and he's always loved the boob and then all of a sudden in the middle of the night he's like screaming and of course i took it like <gasps> he's rejecting the boob now and I, I just literally started like like so intensely crying like you know when like you're really hurt by something which for me it doesn't happen I, I don't know it just doesn't have that often i guess anymore but it was such an intense sadness it was just so it was just so i don't even know no it, it really Deep. feels like all or nothing like that yeah. i would say like the first probably two months were yeah you know for the most part again like i'd say like i was i was pretty fine but when it came to like i want to say the first month honestly was fine but once i was at the doctor and they were like he's not gaining enough weight like yeah, I, I remember you told me that you got you're like devastated became, like I became like a mental case. Like yeah. I was an emotional disaster. I got really lucky with my friend hooking me up with her friend who helped me with breastfeeding. And she was like, 
don't worry about pumping like forget what the doctor said just keep latching him and we're gonna get this worked out and then like he threw on weight and he's still small like you know the doctor our pediatrician said his weight is fine the you know the gi doctor the gastrointestinal doctor said he has failure to thrive and i'm like that's really interesting that is a really horrible phrase i cannot believe he used that phrase like i think i told you this but in the foster kitten world Failure to thrive is death. Like the the next step is literal death. I cannot believe that they use that vernacular, and that's I'm really sorry that someone ever said that to you. That's horrifying. Like it literally is what? in his paperwork. Is failure to thrive in the paperwork. Oh my lord! So what what was their like uh, um solution to that formula? Let me guess, formula. Formula. It was keep <laughs> breastfeeding. Sorry, that's ridiculous. And give him formula. Was this at the hospital? The GI first, you said. So it wasn't at the hospital. I went and saw there's a the children's oh. hospital has a gastrointestinal office in um, no, it a was local a children's town hospital, and though. it's just a doctor's office. Okay. Yeah. So we just went in and saw the doctor and he was, you know, he sent us home with all these formula samples and I was like, I'm not giving any of these to my baby wow. because they all have soy and like the ones that didn't have at that point he couldn't have soy because we had the dairy and soy issues. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he couldn't have them anyway. And then the only one that didn't have soy was like 50% corn syrup. And I was oh, like, Oh, yeah. One of them I've heard has canola oil in it. I'm like, Canola oil? For, a oh, lot of my people. gosh. Insane. I'm like, They want your child to be on this BS. And I think it's another case of like the COVID vaccine. Oh, I don't know if you can say this. The mm, vid vaccine. It'll, I'm not sure. What, I don't even know what you can say on YouTube anymore, but. Another case of blank and blank where uh, the nurses or doctors are just being told, if you see this in a child, do this. Like, And they're just like mindlessly, okay, I learned this in school. I'm just supposed to be doing this without stepping back and going, why? You know? So I'm, I don't even know if you can blame the- Like, we uh, never went yeah. to that doctor. I feel do like- you still go to pediatrician? You know, they learn what they learn in the book. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So uh, we kind of learned from you and also the- uh, how to parent in spite of your doctor book. Uh, basically, there's no need to go to a pediatrician appointment unless the child has like a fever above 100 and something. So I told my LC that she's like, oh, when's your next pediatrician appointment? And I was like, oh, we're not really, we're not doing that. And she, I don't know if it was a connection because it was lagging, but I felt like there was judgment yeah. stares at me. And I'm like, why? Like we have a scale here. Um, we can visually see that this baby is, um, you know, thriving and also the, obviously the diaper output is fine so i'm like what's the point last time i went to the pediatrician place i like they freaked me out they're like oh he has a he has a, a fever and i was like what so of course at the time i was like a new mom and i'm like oh. it was just all this stuff was so unnecessary i was like why am i here like i understand maybe for the first initial checkup but why the continual like repeated checkup so the well visits go with the um schedule what's the schedule uh, what does that mean the the uh oh <laughs> the, the schedule the, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh there you go they there's go your answer the yes you know they they go with that schedule um like we like i still go to the well visits now instead of like doing the nine like i think I did the six oh, yeah. month one. We were supposed to have a nine month one, but because we do Saturday appointments, his the 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 next Saturday appointment wasn't until 
he's 11 months old. So he technically, like, we go off schedule because we don't do the schedule. Uh, yeah. So, like, that doesn't matter. I kind of just take him in, like, again, like, I take my doctor as a grain of salt. Like, everything my doctor says is a, I go there for their opinion and I come home and do whatever the heck I want to do. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. I want to make sure, you know, how's his hearing, you know, how's everything looking? Does he, you know, does he look okay? Like, you know, is his head shape okay? Like things that maybe I wouldn't notice yeah. because I don't like, I don't have full medical um, understanding of certain things. Like, yeah. you know, I had a friend whose son had a testicle that didn't descend. She would have never known that had she not taken him into his well visit. Yeah. Um, and like, that's important. That could affect his fertility. Well, the normal well business is fit. what every, like, I know you do, like you said, six and something months, but what is the normal, like once a month, so every something? I believe the regular schedule is one right. week. Some people do two weeks. We didn't have that. Ours was one week, one month, two months, four months, six months, nine months, and then I think a year. Okay. Yeah, I remember at our uh, pediatrician's office in the room, they had this big old piece of paper with all the eens, the blank eens. You get what I'm saying here? And I was like, ugh. And it was like well, such a fear-based thing. Like, your your kid's going to get yeah. this because of this horrific thing. and has an image of the illness and all this stuff listed off. And on the very bottom, it's like, brought to you by, I mean, I'm sure you say this, CDC and the WHO. And I'm like, no. They, yeah. like they, didn't, they don't push so, that there where we go anyway, but... Still, I'll be just like where you go there, you know, they have the paperwork like in the rooms, but it's not like advertised. Um, my my pediatrician, like I have another friend that sees our pediatrician and they do get those done. Um, and our pediatrician actually recommended them to not go with the schedule and to like not get them done in the hospital oh. and wait a couple months before they even did the first one. Um so like he he doesn't even recommend the schedule as is um and he really lets the parents decide like there's never been like a are you sure you should think about it like they just yeah you know never you seen this never, uh, documentary yeah what no i'm no i'm saying like if the oh. doctor was actually like are you sure have you seen this documentary called this yeah I don't know. I'm like, I had my friend, my friend and I were hanging out last night. We went to the animal auction together and she was telling me that she took her child to a pediatrician just for their physical so they could play some sports and um, that the doctor did the physical, but they are not allowing them back there anymore. That's their first and only visit they will ever have there at that office because they do not. They don't do the yeah they really do the, so the doctors yeah. are like banning them yeah there are doctors who my friend in texas my uh friend in wow texas, that's who, hilarious yeah. what in the world dude she had the same experience i mean she told me when i was pregnant she said get a make sure you get a pretty pediatrician lined yeah. up now that you know isn't going to kick you out because she said that the, the pediatrician they first went to wouldn't even see their child yeah, that's what I, I think you told me that. So I asked my local friend, like, hey, which pediatrician does not push that? And so obviously we found the one locally that. Yeah, like it, it's something you really have to look for. 
Yep. And like, I know, yeah, I know moms that don't do it. I know moms that do, but I definitely will say like, we've definitely got judgments from like family or like family friends who like, are like, well, you should at least do the important ones. And I'm like, uh, have you read my dog? I know. It's like, Nope. I had a friend, Why? family friend whose daughter had a, a reaction to one and she still was like, but you should at least get some of them. And I was like, you just told me your kid had seizures. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to wrap this up because it's um, getting close to kid probably waking up and I'm freaking steaming under these damn lights. <laughs> so thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on and just shooting the front of the cuss here. Shooting yeah, the, pretty much whatever, just like you know? a cluster. Yeah, as usual. Frantic mom energy. Um, yeah, we gotta do this again sometime and talk about, I don't know, anything yeah. and everything. I think a mom is just literally, yeah, frantic. Right now it probably seems relaxing, but as soon as we unplug, it's gonna be just, like, go, go, go. Baby monitor, like, oh, oh I couldn't do that right now. No way. I'd be so distracted. Yeah, I'm gonna say, well, yeah, you have, you have social media accounts. Just shout out your uh, social media stuff if you want to. No. <laughs> okay. There you sorry, go. That's everyone. fine then. Yeah, no, don't be sorry. Are you kidding me? It's, it's a personal thing. All yeah, right, party I'm people. Like... <laughs> well, thank you, Ashley. I'll, I'll talk to you probably in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right. Have a great Saturday. <laughs> Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.